0: Call 562-314-4603 for complete details.
1: You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.
2: Ah, uh, This is special. We've taken the show on the road. We're in the SCORE studios, their performance studio. It is a special episode of the Give Me the Hot Sauce podcast. Mark Shanowski, Stacey King, Tim Kelly alongside. And we thank all of the, the employees of uh, Odyssey and the SCORE who are here to keep us company as we do the show today. And, of course, the score is the flagship station of the Chicago Cubs, Stacey, and they are red hot. They've been on fire since the All-Star break. Kind of gave one away against the Mets yesterday, which hurt, but they're only two and a half games out of first place in the division, right in the race for the wild card. And who knows, we could have postseason baseball in Chicago. It didn't look that way a few weeks ago.
3: Well, listen, I'm, I'm really excited because, I mean, they're right there and they've been playing really, really well, and it's great to see a Chicago team. I'm, I'm a Chicago sports guy, so, you know, people always say you got to pick one or the other. You A Sox fan or you're a Cubs fan. Well, I wasn't born in Chicago, I was born in Oklahoma, so I just like to see teams do well. It's great for the city, it's great for the fan base, Uh, it's great nationally, And, and to see these guys, you know, in position to possibly be playing in the playoffs is awesome.
2: See, Stacey's walking a fine line here because this is the home of the Cubs, but he's employed by a, a team that uh, Jerry Reinsdorf phones. So you got to be real That's careful. That's uncalled for, Mark. How, how about that? You know bo- what,
3: Mark? That's uncalled for. You might get a throw punch. Uh, on how that
2: how about that Baltimore Orioles bullshit with uh, with the announcer being suspended oh. for reading facts about Listen. their season Listen. series against uh, Tampa Bay? I,
3: I'm gonna say I'm gonna say this. I, I, I'm, that was the craziest thing I'd ever heard before. I mean, the guy was just reciting stats that were true, yeah. that you could look up on, you know, Google them and you can find those stats. And to be suspended uh, for that is a joke. I, I, listen, people, if you watch us on TV, you know, we're we're some days, we're critical of the Bulls. Like, when they're not playing well, I'm one of the biggest rah, rah, rah guys in the game. You know, when they're playing well, the dunks, the three-point shots, you know, I'm hyping it up to, to with the best of them. But when they're not playing good, I let you know they're not playing good and I can tell you why they're not playing good. And I will say this, Jerry Reinsdorf has never came down to me or Adam or me and Neil to ever critique something that we've said about the team. Because he the one thing he when he hired me, the one of the things that we talked about, um, I said that, you know, hey, look, I'm not gonna be a homer. So if you, you want the homer guy, you're hiring the wrong guy. I'm gonna call it the way I see it. And Jerry, give him credit. He said, Hey, look. Chicago sports fans are very knowledgeable. They're the, best. They're the best in the game. They know when someone is BSing them. And so call the game the way you see it. And I'll do your job. So for 18 years, I've been doing my job. I've never once had him come down and, and say something that I had said about the team or Neil or, or Adam critiquing the team.
2: The thing that was really odd to me about that whole Kevin Brown situation was, you know how it works. Uh, you have a great graphics producer, Tamara Anderson, who, who you talk about yep. what you want to do in the pre-show open and stuff. So the graphics are on the screen with all the numbers, and basically Kevin Brown's just reading what the numbers are, and that was that warranted a suspension. I, and, and the other day at the ballpark, they're yelling, free Kevin Brown, oh, yeah. free Kevin That was Brown, very loud, you know?
3: and if you're the owners, you don't want to hear that. That's something you don't want to hear because your fan base, they got a good fan base in Baltimore. And Mm -hmm. for them to take to that extreme showed you that that was really, really unnecessary. Listen, you pay a guy to do a job. His job is to to basically give stats. His job is, listen, Baltimore, it's not his fault Baltimore hadn't won No, games. he didn't pitch. He, he didn't, didn't pitch. Hit. He didn't hit. He's just saying, hey, look, they've had a tough time coming down here playing this team. This is the one team that gives them problems, and this is the reason why. They haven't won in X amount of years. This has happened. He was just telling the truth. And so, because when I watched the clip and they said, you know, Baltimore Orioles announcer suspended, I thought maybe he said something inappropriate because, you know, that's been said, you know, a couple of times from some guys. So I thought maybe he had said something that was inappropriate. So when I was watching it and I had to replay it like three or four times, I was like, maybe I missed something. (laughs) Did did he say something like, you know, and and I didn't see anything. And I'm like, wow, like he got suspended for just talking about the
0: truth.
2: Wow. Now you guys are going to get some real insight. We're going to ask Whispers what he thinks. You got any comments on his Whispers?
0: no because you guys have suspended me before for well we've tried you always keep showing account. up you're
2: like you're
3: like athlete's feet you just keep
0: coming back <laughs> can't get rid of me
2: all right let's get back to the cubs obviously they've been at the best offense in baseball since the all-star break averaging about seven runs a game and you know the things have kindly finally clicked they made a good trade to get jamer candelario who's a switch hitter can play first base and third base and all of a sudden the lineup is is looking much better than it did early in the season. I think really Stacy the question is do they have enough starting pitching to get them to October because right now Marcus Stroman's on the injury list. Uh, Drew Smiley's been terrible. You know, they're they're going to have to get more starting pitching if they're going to make the playoffs.
3: Well, I was just happy they didn't get rid of Bellinger, you know, because that was yeah. that was a talk earlier that, you know, maybe they get hit. you know, trade him, get some pieces in and and Basically, right off the season, and they they kept him, and so it's really good that they kept him. Um, yeah, you know, pitching is important. I mean, you gotta you gotta be able to pitch in the postseason, and and that's something that, you know, they're gonna have to. It's, it's like you know patchwork. You're gonna have to get guys maybe who are long relievers to come in and and pitch games for you. Um, can they do it? Yeah, they can do it. You know, confidence is big in professional sports. When guys, they got when time guys to figure it out. Yeah, well they yeah, got they got the, the socks next week you know so royals. but in the royals i mean they, they got some games coming up but confidence is big for for a team like this it's like hey you know what now we see that we put the work in you know we didn't get frustrated now we're starting to see wins come out every night every day compete at a high level you know the fan base is rabid let's just see where this goes and i, I think they've got a good shot they're there are a few games out of the wild card spot um they're chasing milwaukee right now they're a little bit behind them but you know, they go through a stretch where they can, you know, it's all about winning series, just like in basketball, you know, it's it's about winning series, playoff series. You know, it's like, you got a seven game series. You got the first one that wins four, you know, that's going to be the winner. So you got to look at it that way if you're a baseball team too, it's winning series. So we got a three game series against, you know, we got two game series against the Sox. Let's win both those games. The Sox are struggling. Those are two games on the schedule that you look at and you say, we got to have those games. Now you look at Kansas city and you're saying, well, that's going to be a little bit, a little bit tougher, but let's try to get, you know, two out of three.
2: I know both you and Whispers are big fans of boxing and MMA. What'd you think about uh, Tim Anderson's boxing stance the other day? Oh man,
3: he should have bobbed <laughs> and weaved a little bit better, man. <laughs> uh, listen, listen. A right hand the way America he lined up. America, a good idea. listen, listen, America. I don't condone fighting. Okay, I don't condone <laughs> but fighting. But if you're gonna fight, better okay, do it. Right. I don't look for trouble, but I don't run. But I don't condone fighting. I've thrown, I've thrown a few blows here and there myself in my time. But Tim Anderson, you got to know, like, if you're gonna ball up your fist and you're gonna square up. And you got to expect, like, the other guy's going to do it, too, because he's not going to punk out. He's not going to say, well, Tim's got his hands up. I don't want to fight him. <laughs> so that, that's your manhood being tested. And baseball is like hockey. They, they go at it. So when Tim got up and was, you know, he was bouncing around like, you know, Terrence Crawford, I was like, okay. <laughs> TA, like, he threw him hands. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, he was like, you know, he swung, boom, boom. He got a couple of hits in there, but then he didn't cover up. You got to step back, TA. You can't just stick, keep staying in there in, in the pocket. You, you know, you're not, you're not Mike Tyson. You back up two steps, you know. Get your bearings, and then come back with a jab. Plop, plop. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. He's in there. He's in the pocket, like he's in a phone booth. But he he failed to put the right hand up to block the punch. And the dude was the dude. Ramirez was just swinging. He was throwing haymakers. His head down. I mean, he looked like a second grader trying to fight. But
2: he caught him. About the
3: one job. the one he connected. On. That's all you <laughs> need to do, America. You just got to connect one time. And T A. And and the funny thing about it is like. Your feelings get hurt when that happens because everybody in the world sees it, you know? So your feelings get hurt, you know? So you're like, man, everybody saw me get knocked out. I gotta get my lick back. I gotta get my, you know, my opportunity back. So Ramirez apologized. He apologized, said, hey, I'm sorry to the fan base. Shouldn't have done that. I'm a better person than that. I hope he accepts my apology. He ain't not hearing that. <laughs> he
2: like, hasn't said he's anything. Like, since he's the like, no.
3: Uh, nah. Behind the scenes, he's probably he's probably hitting a heavy bag. He's probably jumping rope. Dun, and He's dun, dun, getting dun, dun, tons dun, dun, of abuse dun, dun, from dun, his dun, teammates dun, 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 too. He's doing one arm push ups, yeah. and then and then then his, his coaches or Ozzy's probably saying, you can't win, Rock. You
1: can't win. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Of course, Stacey, you said that you're you're undefeated in, in fights, but you want to tell the, our great audience about the one fight you lost.
1: Mark, you're always
3: digging up trash. Okay, you <laughs> Good know, call Mark. Uh, you know, listen, listen, America, America, listen. I, I, I'm 100 and, and one Okay, and that one tie, I consider a tie, but some people might consider it a loss. Okay, if you go back, I don't remember what episode when we first started. I was talking, <laughs> we were talking about fights and and kids fights and all this stuff. So I, I get into a fight with a one-armed girl. Yeah, it's a one-armed girl, America. Okay. One think arm. about that think about that <laughs> okay stacy king was raised not to hit girls number one right okay i come from a military family uh, my mom and dad instilled in me never to hit a woman never hit a girl so i'm fighting i'm, I'm not fighting i'm i'm, I'm defending myself <laughs> i'm fending off a one-armed girl and she's just wailing on me blah 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 grabbed me by my afro threw me down on the ground and just starts beating me so i go home i'm all beat up my shirt's ripped i got a little bloody lip and I my, run into my dad, and my dad's like, what happened to you, boy, you were getting into a fight? I said, yeah, I got into a fight. And he said, Did the other guy look like you? It was a girl. And my dad's just like, what? A girl? I said, yeah, she had one arm. He said, yeah, one arm? <laughs> Get the hell in one arm? You got beat by one arm girl? And, and I never was able to live that out. So whenever we have family get-togethers, my brothers tease me about the one arm girl. And um, it's something I, that's not something I'm proud of, but yeah. I don't hit women, so I'll take the loss, Mark. So All there.
2: Right. Well, I thought our audience would enjoy that. So I don't did think you line up as a
3: lefty or a righty. Mark, you know what? You're really taking this too far. You really, you really crossed the line, Mark. You know, I normally don't. I normally don't throat punch Mark in public. Yeah. And on a show, I normally throat punch him. But Mark, you're very close.
2: All right. Well, we'll move on then. <laughs> yes, let's move on. The off other big topic. story around the White Sox these days is uh, various teammates uh, who have been traded away for different reasons have uh, spoken out about the fact that. The culture in the White Sox clubhouse isn't all that great. Uh, Keenan Middleton, who was in town f- with the Yankees uh, the last few days, mentioned that Pedro Grafal has no rules, there's no accountability, guys are sleeping in the bullpen, and, oh. in the clubhouse, everything else. I mean, totally. Pedro Griffal uh, is a guy who came from Kansas City as a bench coach, his first uh, chance as a manager. But some of these comments are scathing. And then Lance Lynn, who's now with the Dodgers, was asked about Keenan Middleton's comments, and he you know, slyly said, well, he ain't wrong. So it suggests that things have completely unraveled in that White Sox clubhouse.
3: Yeah, that's uh, that's stuff that needs to be in the locker room. You know, when you when you have this kind of information coming out from former players, that's not a good look for the White Sox. It's not a good look for the manager Pedro because. You know everybody always says like you know when, when you talk about leaders of teams you know individual players you know championship teams chicago that i played on you know michael jordan was the leader you know bill cartwright was a leader you know john Paxson was a leader no those guys were were guys who were good players who also followed the lead of the head coach when you talk about team sports the leader is always the coach the coach is always the leader the manager of the baseball team they're the leaders they're the one they're the guys that set the tempo they're the guys that set the rules those are the guys that get everybody in position to be successful it's not the players the players just reinforce what the manager is is talking about so when phil came in as as my rookie year was his rookie year as a coach he took over for doug collins that could have been a really tough situation for him because the fact that here he is a new coach no nba experience other than being an assistant coach uh, for the bulls during that time and you're going up against the greatest player on the planet, Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan could have ran all over Phil. That didn't happen. One, because Phil is six foot 10, that wasn't gonna happen. And number two, he had the back end of management with Jerry Krause. Whatever Phil said, Jerry Krause backed him up. So, you know, Michael, once your star player buys into what you're trying to do, everyone else falls in line. So if Tim Anderson falls in line, with what Pedro is, tr- what he's trying to do, and what he's teaching, and what his rules are, everybody else is going to fall in line. If your star players don't buy in, then your younger players don't buy in. If you if you cut corners with your your veteran players and say, oh, "I'm a, I'm a, he's late to practice, I'm gonna, I'm gonna overlook that. Um, this guy's late to the plane, I'm gonna overlook that." But then the younger player does the same thing, and then you say, "I'm gonna find you twenty thousand dollars, or I'm gonna suspend you." So now. Your younger players, all the younger players are looking at all the guys who are not superstar players are looking at the coach going, wait a minute, this dude's always late. This dude's never on time. You don't ever say anything to him, but you come down on me. And that's one thing that Phil never did. If Michael was late, Michael got the same treatment as all of us did. It was, you got fine, boom, boom. There was no discussion. Oh, Mike, you got to come in time. It was like... Cha-ching, cha-ching, put the money in the kitty, we'll shoot for it later, and that's how it was. And he did that for everybody. That gained the respect of everybody in that locker room, that Michael didn't get special treatment, Scotty didn't get special treatment, we all treated the same. And I think that's the way, I think sometimes coaches forget that and rely too much on the players to to be the leaders.
2: Whispers, what's the culture like in the business you run?
0: It's rough. It's, (laughs) It's really rough. I mean, everyone talks behind each other's backs and. We're a bunch of backstabbers.
2: You would love to work for Tim <laughs> Kelly. He always has two kegs tapped in the office. I don't know how they oh, get any productivity see, in Oh I,
0: I knew you would disclosed the real culture. <laughs> <laughs> so everybody's That's drunk. Part That's, part That's part why nobody listens to you, right? <laughs> That's right. Pool tables, dartboards. Yeah. But look at the line out the door for people wanting to come work there.
2: Yeah, I can imagine. Yeah. Like Pablo. I mean, yeah. Really <laughs> see, see the
0: quality Where of are those people at? <laughs> no, no, seriously,
3: this guy right here this this guy here in America you no, know, Timmy whispers. I gave him that nickname because he barely talks, and mm-hmm. I'm good at nicknames, so that's where he got whispers from. But we've been <laughs> friends for over 30 years, and uh, it's been 30 years of abuse on his part to me. And um, this is this is like no, one Mark, of my. you have seen it.
0: <laughs> I've seen it, yeah.
3: And so when I when I put this show together, I I, I was just telling Dan Bernstein and, and uh, Lawrence Holmes when I put this this show together, I wanted people that I work with that I like, my friends, because when you have your friends and you're working with your friends. It never feels like work. It never feels like a job. And I'm sure you guys here working for the score the same way you come to work every day, you know you're gonna be next to someone that you enjoy working with or you're working with a team of people. Uh, that's what it's like. Cause Mark is one of the best in the business um, in Chicago sports. He's he's one of the best you know, sports broadcasters. The guy just knows everything about sports and he does a great job of moderating the show as you can see we can get off track very quickly but mark <laughs> is always there to reel us back in um and and then tim brings his own element he's like our, our little chewy you know when you have a little sidekick <laughs> <laughs> a little, <laughs> with a little chewy. dancing monkey with a cup that's
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh boy oh, keep oh, see we keep the culture uh, alive yeah uh, right yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. some things never change yeah never yep. change never change Get us back on track. Of course, you guys know on the radio business that you've got to have some good sponsors. We have a few that we really enjoy. Our good buddy Jeff Vukovich. when it comes to insurance for your auto home and business, make sure you contact the king of insurance, our friend, Nationwide Agent Jeff Vukovich. You can reach him at jeffvuk.com. That's jeffvuk.com. We also got the phone number on the uh, screen today, 847 825 Four, seven, eight, three. Of course, all the folks out there know about Jeff Vukovic, who's uh, involved with all of Chicago's team, sponsors a lot of the telecasts and a lot of the great work that goes on in the Chicago media market. He also has the best jingle in the business, Stacy.
3: Nationwide
2: is on your side. <laughs> Stacey's got to sing for her supper, even on the road. So all we, the we always Pikes appreciate it. They work all through. year round. You might have noticed when you walked in, Stacy's got his own signature hot sauce, and we've got some on the table in front of us, and uh, there's some stuff on, on, as you walk out the door. Yeah. And Stacy and Tim have worked really hard on this project. It's now available yeah. in uh, Jewel some Osco's stores, and we even have celebrity uh, impersonators to tell you about how yeah. you can get your own bottle.
0: That's right, Mark. It's all about the Jewels. Everyone the can jewels. go there and get the two flavors that we don't have in the Jewels uh, here today, for mark and you to sign. So, after the show guys, grab yourself a bottle, we'll hand you the pen, he'll sign it and you'll take some sauce home with you today. That's right. So, you've been on the road, Christopher? You've been uh, doing any gigs? Filming some new stuff. Yeah. I can't talk about it, but it's all right. It's Joe Dirt too. Show Dirt too. Was there a big
2: out, outpouring of interest in that?
0: Yeah, it's a Netflix thing, but that's where I'm at now in my career. That's where it's gone.
2: What about that Whispers guy? Is he still packing sauce back in the back room? <laughs>
0: that idiot doesn't know what he's doing. That's why the other two sauces aren't in Joule. But Stacy and I, coming up, are going to do some signings in jewels, and uh, we'll be signing all four bottles as we put some pressure on them. I've been sent in by the king here to tell them how this is going to work out. So, Kelly's
2: got two kegs in his office, and there there are boxes of sauce everywhere. Are you tripping over the boxes, Chris?
0: You, you've identified the problem with your brilliance <laughs> again, Mark. See, that's why we need those flavors in the jewels. In the jewels. That's in the right. Joules.
2: Uh, Christopher Walken, always uh, yes. always a hit. This so we appreciate you stopping by. Website. Tell the folks how they can get, uh, if, if they don't live in the Chicagoland area where they can go to the local jewels, how can they pick up a bottle?
0: Give me the hot sauce.com. That's G I M M E. It's hot sauce.com. Just like the show.
2: And a special code.
0: That's right. Walken Q. No, that ain't t- right. <laughs> I'm sorry. What'd you say? I thought it was King21. No. You you've t- t- you've taken over body. the operation? Yeah, it's walking cue and walking fire. Open your ears. <laughs>
3: oh my God! Hey, I'm, somebody I, get I, the hey, hook. I, I forgot to tell y'all. So yeah. so yesterday, so I normally keep hot sauce at my house. Like gives them, it's my name on it, so I should have some. Yeah. But so my my kids just drink it like it's like juice. Yeah. So I didn't have any to throw on my you know my my eggs, my omelet. You know. So I'm like, damn.
1: eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential?
3: I gotta get some hot sauce, so I called DoorDash. DoorDash, shout out to DoorDash. I called DoorDash. I put an order in at Jewel to get the hot sauce. So I look on the you Jewel to see if they had hot sauce. Huh? I had to buy my own hot sauce, but it was cool oh, though. It was man. a great experience because I didn't think they. Did you they use sold the it. discount code? No, I didn't use it. You don't use it on DoorDash. <laughs> but but I was so surprised. Like I mean, I've seen it in Jewel. I've seen it in a lot of Jewel's, but I've never ordered it. So mm-hmm. like I was like, I felt like I was doing something really cool. I said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to buy me two bottles of my own hot sauce. There you and go. And that's what I did. So it was pretty cool. But I, it, it, I'm telling you, America, if you haven't tried this hot sauce, trust me, you're missing out. And she'll like it, too. <laughs> <laughs> get your mind out the gutter. Get out the rabbit hole, America. That's not what I'm
2: talking about. <laughs>
3: I'm talking about real hot sauce. <laughs>
2: hey, since we're here at the Score Studios, we are very fortunate to have one of the great hosts who's going to join us, Danny Parkins, from the afternoon drive show parkinson spiegel is coming up next on the gimme the hot sauce podcast we'll add, we'll add the music in post-production right nikki we are back we are live from the score studios gimme the hot sauce podcast if you're keeping track at home it's episode 141 we've been doing this for a while stacy yeah it doesn't seem like 141
3: yeah, we it had a ton of it. fun i mean listen I, I the other day i was just going back through the old videos you know because we're doing some shorts and stuff for for youtube so I was going back looking at how far we've progressed, and from the first show when we were basically smoke signal, we had we, it was we were in the dark. The yeah. sound was terrible. Like it was just it's. So see how far we've come is gold been awesome. microphones. The graphics. Yeah, we had, even we, had like, of a we had some like station. Snoop Doggy Dog pimp microphones. They were they yeah. were like they they were like uh, gold and yeah. We've come a long well, way. Well, Tim's we, still selling those out of his yeah. Trunk. He still still oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. He still got them. He's, he's <laughs> still selling them on eBay. <laughs> get well, get Stacey King's first uh first microphone. Still had your DNA on the mic.
2: Wow, wow. 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 come on. Wow, Again, man. once it's again, we got, it. We, got, we got a real, we We got a professional here. Danny Parkins, host of the 2 to 6 Parkins and Spiegel show. Thank you so much for joining us, coming in
4: early. Oh, we get some applause. I mean, I couldn't miss the opportunity to be on episode 141. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, when you think of classic episodes, yeah, 141 is always the one that stands out. Oh, my you God, know? what an honor. This is incredible. <laughs> and Stacey, um what did you do to upset the one-armed woman oh well (laughs) i'm just asking because
3: technically i beat up her brother from we were in kindergarten together and i beat him up because he hit me in the knee with a when back in the olden days used to have those big building blocks they used to be this big yeah and i was building something and he took it and then i went over and took his back and then he whacked me in the knee and then i beat him up and saturday i was walking to go meet some friends at the playground and then they they just got ambushed got ambushed, I was ambushed, I was circled <laughs> by like little 10 little kids, and then she's the leader of the group, she said, you beat my brother up, I lied and said, no, it wasn't me, <laughs> and I was like, so then next thing you know, they was on, she, yeah. the, she whipped the daylights out of me.
4: Man, I, I have a similar story, 7th uh, grade basketball, at the time I thought I still had an outside shot at being like the white shooter for the Bulls when, <laughs> when I when I grew up, but I should have known because I was the like the 10th man on a bad travel basketball team. And I came into the game and uh, had my shot blocked by A one armed guy, 100% true story. Ooh, bad. <laughs> got, 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 back, got, got pulled from the game, didn't get put back in, and my friends still talk about it to this day. Wow. See, yeah, they, basically, they, that was when my basketball career. I'm right telling now.
3: you, that's people yeah. still talk about those things. Oh, yeah, like even I'm like, you know, I'm in my 50s, and I go back home, man, you remember when you got your butt kicked by the one armed girl? Yeah, you ever see her again in your dreams? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, what, the, why would you say something like that? How do you even know that? <laughs>
4: I think about the one-armed guy. That'd be in the nightmare category. That, wasn't
3: there a movie? Was, it, was it, it, it? The Fugitive. The Fugitive. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> must yeah that's what it reminds me of, yeah. D. That's well, what we got Fran
0: and research. Hey, Fran, uh, track her down. She's going to be a guest on 142.
3: Yeah. Well, listen, there might be really a fight for real. You <laughs> so really might, do have a research I to, department. To, I might need to get a little TA get back on that one, bro. <laughs> Seriously. I I'm, I'm, you know, you see, see, you're just bringing up old wounds. That's like, right. I'm trying to let it go and move on with my life, and you just keep, you guys just bring this up.
0: What therapy's for no this is terrible therapy
2: hey danny at the outset, we were talking about the whole kevin brown
4: situation what, what did you make of that whole thing i thought it was ridiculous yeah um so i know kevin okay he was a couple years behind me at syracuse so uh, i've texted with him a little bit he's doing fine um i won't speak anything else for him but i mean the support that he got was unbelievable you know gary cohen and michael kay and jason benetti and boog shambi and susan waldman and john sterling like Everybody in baseball broadcasting came out and on the air just started mocking the Orioles. Yeah. So that was, I thought, like a really cool testament to like his talent and popularity, but also just how egregious the whole thing was. Right. Like it was so they, they had 70 wins at the time, the most wins in baseball. And they take a broadcaster off the air for reciting facts that honestly, like if you watch the clip, didn't even paint them in a negative no, light. No, not at all. It, it was like we struggled against the rays last year and the year before but we're winning the division this year because of our success against the division and yeah. we have more wins against the rays this year than the last two years combined like that's a positive spin mm-hmm. on those facts not a negative one so it was um it was crazy i mean we see like in in our line of work like where we we have opinions and we ruffle some feathers sometimes of teams in town and there are definitely some teams that can handle it better than others but there is no one that approaches that level of sensitivity. Like I, I didn't know that the Baltimore Orioles were the most sensitive team in pro sports because yeah. you, you have to give them that label And yeah, they're going to suspend him for yeah, that. Yeah, they've let a couple of broadcasters go
2: before for, for dubious reasons. Yeah,
4: no, definitely. But, I mean, these were facts. Right. Yeah. You know what I mean? It When's wasn't he coming back? Comedy. Is he going to be back soon? Uh, Friday. Okay. I think I think Friday he makes his return to TV. He's done some radio uh, since, but I, I think I think Friday is his return to TV.
2: Well, yeah. Stacy's a big uh, Justin Fields fan. I know. Yesterday on your show, you're talking about, you know, you, you've got to be in or out. You yeah. feel like this
4: is the year. Maybe you could uh, refresh that for for a new audience. Yeah, you know, I just I've been had so many conversations where like the baseline question is like, is Justin Fields good? And that kind of bothers me because. He's if you watched the games, he's clearly good. Right? I mean, they they had nothing last year. They had terrible pass blocking, terrible pass catching, injured wide receivers, no number one receiver. He was three years in a row in three different systems, right? He was at Ryan Day's system with Ohio State, then Matt Nagy's here, and then an entirely different system with Luke Getze. And learning an offense is like learning a new language. Like it was just it was a really, really tough spot to be in. And we've seen that in Chicago very recently when Mitch Trubisky had to play too soon in Dowell Loggins' offense and he looked horrible. Uh, so I feel like we should have like a better amount of context for it. And for him to have you know, seven game stretch where they average 29 points, for him to have back-to-back games where he rushes for 140 yards, but they lose both games, right? Claypool to get hurt, Mooney to get hurt, them to trade away their best players on defense multiple times where he was driving them down the field at the end of close games and guys like Amir Smith Marset or whatever his name (laughs) was like fumbles the ball that guy's out of the league like that wasn't Justin Fields messing up Darnell Mooney dropping the ball uh, in the end zone on a perfect pass in that game against Washington on Thursday Night Football like if you actually watched the games he made plenty of plays to be put in the good category now I don't and now he's got a better offensive line, better pass catchers, continuity of system. So I, he's going to be good. I don't know if he'll be great. I don't know if he's going to win the MVP. I don't know if he's going to win the Super Bowl. But it bothered me when people were like not willing to at least take a stand on, yeah, he's good. He's definitely good.
3: Yeah, one of the things that I, I've been noticing this summer is the national guys are on the bandwagon of, of you know really touting him as being uh, opportunity to be one of the great quarterbacks as he gets older. Uh, that's been a change of, of, of lately. I mean, I think he gets more more hate like in the city than he does nationally, which is really kind of crazy. But if you look at if you look at what they've done in the offseason, they went out and got him some weapons. That that's been the key for me going out and getting DJ Moore. You know, Claypool's. had a disappointing year last year but they've been talking about him you know we had jeff joniak on last week and he was talking about he's been really impressed with the way claypool's been playing you know now he's hurt hurt. but you know the weapons there kyle commit having a a big tight end in the red zone that can help you and then with the ability to run and and keep plays alive with his feet better offensive line you know i i just think the kid's in for a big year and and i think when you look at his numbers Um, His numbers have been trending up since he's been in in the league. And as you said, he's had to work with different offensive coordinators. That's gotta be tough for a young quarterback.
4: Yeah, and I mean, so his last seven games of last year, his passer rating was like 91.4 or something like that, which if he did that for a season, that would have been 14th in the NFL. So that would have been like Kirk Cousins, Dak Prescott, guys who have signed huge contracts. Now they're not Hall of Famers, they're not great, but he was doing that with nobody throwing him the ball right mooney was hurt claypool was hurt like he and his last game of the year was terrible because of what he had around him so that's not even just like cherry picking seven good games like his his last game of the year was arguably his worst game uh throwing the football so he finished strong Uh, i think he's trending in the right direction he has help and the reason that i think he's getting a lot of love nationally We've definitely seen it before. We've seen guys take that jump year three in the NFL, year two in a system. And when they get to your point, Stacy, like when Josh Allen got Stefan Diggs, it was massive, right? When Jalen Hurts got AJ Brown, it was massive. And the hope is that DJ Moore is good enough when you combine the continuity of the system to t- help Justin Fields take that massive leap this year. And then the other thing, and this is more of a media point. ESPN talks about the NFL 365 days a year. Justin Fields is good television. You know what I mean? Like the B roll, like the highlights that you can put on when you're talking about Justin Fields, good looking, charismatic young kid, Chicago, big media market, and he's running for 60 yard touchdowns and screaming his head off. You know what I mean? Like it's a cool B roll highlight tape. So he's getting just, he's like kind of come into like the cultural zeitgeist of everyone's going to have an opinion on him, people are going to debate him. But I feel like I can tell the people who actually watch the games versus the people who are just looking at the numbers.
2: Well Danny we mentioned the, of course the score is the home of the Cubs are also the home of the Chicago Bulls and the Bulls right now it's kind of the dead period of the NBA but looking ahead to the season which is going to be right around the corner as Stacy well knows I think one of the big questions is going to be do you stick with this group that you have and extend DeMar DeRozan he's, he's extension eligible right now it could be at a big number they don't have to go to that, that max level. But in the situation they're in where they're over the cap, they don't have any maneuverability that way, they don't have a whole lot of draft picks, are you almost forced to offer DeMar an extension at this point? He just turned 34
4: on Monday, by the way. So I would say no. I mean, I I would be trying to trade DeMar as an expiring contract. And you're probably going to get 60 cents on the dollar. But I think that the flexibility in the future and just – there's some redundancy. He needs to have the ball in his hands. And I know he was trending upwards in terms of three-point attempts last year as the season went on, but is that really sustainable? Like, this is like the old dog, new trick sort of thing. He's been the king of the mid-range, and it's an unbelievable weapon. Like, all NBA players marvel, right? Luca's like, have you ever missed from the mid-range? Like, he, it's an impressive skill, but it's not the most valuable skill now in this NBA. And when he does it, Zach doesn't have the ball in his hands. And I worry that Zach needing the ball, DeMar needing the ball, Vooch wanting and clearly expecting the offense to be run more through him. At some point, Patrick Williams needs to be more of a featured piece as opposed to just like run down to the corner and catch threes and be a sidekick. Like if they do two or three more years of DeMar DeRozan. I just think it locks them into a team with a very, very low ceiling. Like he's he's lived up to the contract. He's been way better than I oh thought yeah, no th- than I thought he was gonna be when they when they signed him. You know, and so I'm I'm not even really throwing shade at him. I just think that the puzzle pieces don't fit. So I would be looking to cut bait with whatever you could for him, as opposed to an expensive 35 or a 36 year old player because he is tradable right now right a team would take demar DeRozan for the veteran leadership and the pure scoring i worry that in one or two more years at a high salary he's not that tradable
3: yeah it's 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 a tough situation for the bulls to be in because again with, with no draft capital uh you're at the at the salary cap and so you're in a situation where you know it's like okay what are we gonna do? What are we doing here? What's the ultimate goal? What's the where are we gonna go now? And and I think their their philosophy, they're running it back because they feel like they can they're gonna play much better than they did last year with, with you know with three guys who are all stars. There's no excuse that you shouldn't win 35 to 40 something games with those three guys alone. They built around those guys with some really good two-way players. Torrey Craig is, is one of really good, you know, three and D guys in the league um you know Javon is an underrated player you know he really played well in Milwaukee I like him he's, he's a younger Patrick Beverly and we saw the impact Patrick Beverly made with toughness and coming in with a little swagger um you know but I think the key for this team this year is is what kind of start they get off to because if you get off to a slow start in the Eastern Conference and you find yourself you know trying to skate uphill then that makes making decisions at the trade deadline easier but if this team comes out and, and like they did 2 years ago when they had Lonzo Ball and they jumped out on everybody and had the best record going into the All-Star break before Zo got hurt now that puts a tough situation in hand now do you make that same move and say okay we're 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 you know number 4 in the Eastern Conference do we trade DeMar DeRozan now and get pieces back or let him walk at the end of the year and get nothing for him like they did Paul Gasol you know a few years back when Powell was a free agent so that's a tough tough situation to be in
4: they're, they're in NBA hell, right? They're in the NBA middle class. They're a good team, but they're not a young team and they don't have a lot of upside. And so and they can't win a title. So it's just like a really hard thing to to get excited about. And yeah, maybe they like play it out to the to the deadline like you're saying, but I was shocked when AK said, uh, you know, we can go into the luxury tax for a top four or top six team in the East, like a top six team is not something that Bulls fans are going to get all that excited about, right? I mean, Brooklyn was the sixth seed. They got swept in the first round by Philly. It meant absolutely nothing, you know? So I just, and now they're not going into the luxury tax. So maybe he was just saying things to get through the press conference and appease the fans or whatever. But I just, I want to figure out a way to align themselves to like actually have a path to a high ceiling. Like I think Patrick Williams has a high ceiling. I think Zach Levine is an unbelievable offensive basketball player who is efficient, and his contract is not going to be a problem. Everything else, I don't know that the timeline really matches up with what what they're trying to do. So no one would be untouchable if I was running the Bulls. Yeah, there's always
2: flashpoints
4: in any organization's
2: uh, history. I mean, you look back to 2017 when they made the Jimmy Butler trade. You know, the year before, they had brought in Dwayne Wade, who's going into the Hall of Fame this weekend, yeah. and Rajon Rondo as free agents to pair with Jimmy. And they were a 41-41 team, took a 2 nothing lead on the Celtics, and then Rondo got hurt. Right, and they if Rondo won- doesn't get hurt, they probably the win the series. Yeah. So then they could have they brought Wade and Butler back. Instead, they chose to trade Jimmy for that package that included Lowry marketing And, of course, then Wade moved on to Cleveland. When you look back at that, you feel like that was a mistake, not trying to, to build around Jimmy Butler?
4: Uh, no, because, I mean, obviously Jimmy won the breakup, but he had to go to Minnesota Philly. And, and Philly <laughs> before he went to, you know, Eric Spolstra and Pat Riley camp. And, yeah. and you know what I mean? Like, so there is something to be said for like, yeah, it sucks when you see your ex happy, but right. like you <laughs> have to, at least, at least you know, like, one can be happy with me, yeah. you, you know, like they, I don't think there was a world in which John Paxson and Jimmy Butler, like that world was going to no. not clash. No. I, just don't, I, don't, I don't think they were going to ever fully turn it over to Jimmy because they wanted to be in too much control. I mean, they wouldn't even fully turn it over to Tibbs. Remember he was saying he
2: was going to recruit Kyrie or Kyle Lowry to come in and he was going to be this master recruiter cuz he was playing on the US national team and all I, that. I
4: mean I wish that the Bulls would have embraced that whole thing sooner like I remember when Derrick Rose was like I'm not going to recruit like 12 is better than 3 and everybody at the score I wasn't at the score at the time but I was agreeing with it was like yeah 12 is better than three no it wasn't <laughs> you know what i mean like it would have been really cool to recruit it would have been really awesome to go out there and get the stars so like i i wish the bulls had been more ahead of the curve on a lot of things uh, but certainly like the full blown player empowerment stars recruit stars like that's that's just the way of the league i know a lot of fans don't like it but it's, it's just the truth
3: you know the funny thing about that—that that, um, free agency with Dwayne Wade and Bosch and and uh, LeBron James—I don't think people really know how close the Bulls were to they getting were those. Close, yeah. They yeah. were really close to getting. They were. It was so close that Dwayne Wade was a double agent. Dwayne Wade went was going back to Pat Riley and reporting how close things were, and uh, Pat Riley went in. You know, the only way that he could afford those guys was to clear the deck. Yeah. And and the Bulls were in a position. That you know, they could have gotten two of the three to come play. And that would have been LeBron James and Dwayne Wade, and probably tried to find a way to get Bosch if they had to move some people. But it was set up. It it was it was pretty much like close. It well it's crazy.
4: Close. There's so many of those, right? The Bulls, like since it, it feels like your era right the 90s we got so spoiled and we've been paying the bill for it for like 25 years and now obviously had the derrick rose lottery luck which was unbelievable like a 50 to one shot but tracy mcgrady was almost a bull kobe bryant was looking at houses like like, like kobe was almost a bull and then the the big three story that's been widely reported about about the lebron almost being a bull so like cool you know, like, it, yeah. like close doesn't. We count. came in yeah. second. Yeah, it just <laughs> it just doesn't
3: count. You gotta close. You gotta close the deal. You know, but th- there was a time that none of those guys. There was a time after the championship years that you couldn't even get free agents to come visit. You know, because they had the reputation of the Bulls outside of Chicago. Players talk, and so when players are saying this and that and this and that, when you go back to that Jimmy trade. You know, people say, "Well, you know, Jimmy, you know that, you know, Minnesota one or whoever Jimmy Jimmy won in that trade." The Bulls got two All Stars out of that. I mean, oh, you, they you, they you did got, a good job. You got Lowry marketing, you got Zach Levine, two guys who were you know weren't All Stars at the time. You know, Lowry was a draft pick. Um, now look at Lowry over in, you know, in Utah, he's become like this, this unicorn player, which I always thought he could be like, I've always said, you know, I think the coaches here that had Lowry were so con- wanting to put him as a center, wanting to put him in, in the post and Lowry is a wing player. He's a seven foot wing player. And when Jim Boylan took over now, Fred recognized that he had his best years under Fred and he was trending towards being a very good player, maybe possible all-star under Fred Hoiberg had him on the perimeter he was shooting a lot of threes jim boylan got him and you know was determined to make him into a post player and that's where that's where it kind of soured with larry and the, the marriage kind of got sour but you look at look at some of these guys that have gone off and and you know gone different teams they've had some like i mean cameron payne people you know used to say he was a tank commander you know now he, he was. made himself yeah. into <laughs> he made himself into a very you know viable backup point guard in phoenix helped him get to the finals
4: do you think it's over like, do you think the idea of like players not wanting to come here? Do you think it's officially over with the stars? Because like I know I know they get Damar and Lonzo, but I just it, they money. haven't gotten the tier one money. guy. Money talks. I know and you're in a but big the, city, but everybody all talking New York. No, no, but
3: the attitude has changed though here though the the. the, the What they're trying to do is change. And I think, you know, when you hear DeMar tell players on podcasts, and he's been on our podcast, and he's talking about the city and the fan base, how like everybody, he loves it here and loves the fan base. This is an all-star caliber player saying this. And so when he's talking to whoever he's talking to in a podcast, he's telling his friends that. He's telling other, you know, NBA players, like, man, Chicago is awesome. Because a lot of times people look at Chicago as like, you know, it's a great city to come, great restaurants and everything, but it's so cold. You know, yeah, that's what you that's hear people, a big factor. Oh, so so, you know, Miami's always gonna have a leg up on people, you know. Uh LA, both LA teams, California teams gonna have a leg up on teams. But at the end of the day, like this is a marketable city. Bulls brand is like number one in the NBA. And if you come here as a superstar player and you have a brand and you want your brand to, to explode, it's gonna it's gonna be bigger here in Chicago than it's gonna be in Miami.
4: Do you guys ever do like the hot ones bit where you have someone like chug Chicago Fire? Hot <laughs> do you sauce? want to try? I you, mean, I've never had it. It looks good. Well, you, yeah, you we had a guy that was well. helping us out. You have to sign a waiver show. though. So if you uh, like, and he tried. Colorado's he tried here, some of the experimental
2: sauces and he actually uh, threw up. so. No way! But yeah. that that one didn't make it to market. It Didn't pass. No, that. we we <laughs> we, we decided to take that one off. Uh, <laughs> that was the atomic yeah, yeah, version, was, right? Yeah,
3: it had the ghost peppers in it. It was like. Yeah, it was on a scale of a one to fifteen. I think it was like a fifty. <laughs> the guy, the guy, Pavel. He's, yeah, he's, he's, he's DJ Pavel. Uh, DJ Pavel. He's a yeah. he's, uh, he's a great guy. He, he started bragging that he had a, a cast iron stomach. Oh, I can take anything. You know, he was Drago <laughs> from Rocky. Nothing can stop me. <laughs> so he takes all our hot sauces. Oh, this is too weak. You know, and then you take another one. Needs more spice. And so we like, all right, let's pull out let's pull out the atomic. Let's do it. Let's do it. So we pull out the atomic one and uh he starts, you know, starts eating it and he starts sweating immediately. Like I thought the guy was having a heart attack. I was like, man, do we have any paddles? Like
0: his like, eyes bulging. Like,
3: his eyes were bulging and then he just sits back in a chair and I'm like I think we might have killed this dude like yeah. oh get, him yeah. <laughs> get him some milk get him some milk something they made a run for it and then he, went he to was the on the injured list for a while Yeah, he threw up in the trash can yeah. i'm like oh man we gotta take this off the market no, we broke like, him we must break nah, you you gotta sign a waiver to taste that one
2: hey uh, we want to ask you about your show you know take us behind the scenes uh Spieg's always jokes about the fact that he's worked for like 37 different partners he i has, was one yeah. of them i've done shows with speed so uh-huh. i'm on that list very proud about that the guy who was really taken off is one of your producers, Shane Reardon, who's become a huge hit on social media. Is he out there somewhere, Shane?
4: Uh, no, he's, he's late, so okay. it's, a nor- it's a normal day. <laughs> yeah, he, say, he said he was going to be here, and he missed the train. I,
2: I caught, this maybe a month, six weeks ago, he wanted a diatribe, and somebody had to apologize and all that. You, do you guys, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you guys happened, have a difficult happened, time reining him in? I mean, is this something that you have to talk about in pre-show meetings? That You, you can come on and, and make your opinions, but be careful.
4: No, uh, no, like, you know, what's funny about that is that, like, I love Shane and Shane is hilarious and he is definitely very outspoken um, on social media and he takes it to the air and he says some things on the air that I am absolutely floored that he would say <laughs> on the air. Well, he's going to
2: take the White Sox on today, he said, about the Middleton thing.
4: Yeah, you know, there's really never he, there's always a target. <laughs> there's uh, there, there there's always a target and it keeps it very interesting. Um, And like has it crossed my mind that like his responsibility in his life is ultimately like to him and his dog and my responsibility in my life is ultimately (laughs) to like my wife, my one-year-old, my three-year-old and my mortgage. And like, if he says something that sinks the entire ship, that's mildly concerning. Uh, yeah, I I guess I have thought about it, but no, I like, he's awesome. And we try very hard to push the envelope. Like, it's a weird thing. Like they want us to, pop on social media sure. and have people talk about us and be edgy and like walk to the line, but don't cross the line, but the line isn't defined. You know what I yeah. mean? And so there's always a sliding scale and it's live and we're supposed to be funny and there's no editor. Like a sports columnist in this town writes a 800 word, thousand word column once, twice a week with an editor. We do four hours yeah, a day, a you, yeah. you know what I mean? That, that, that's like the equivalent of writing legitimately. I mean, 15 columns a day. You know what I mean if you really think about like each segment the number of words that we say so there's got to be like r- margin for ah yeah he probably shouldn't have said that but it's okay. You yeah. know it's, it's 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 harmless ultimately. So and I do it too. I've gotten in trouble. Every team in town has been mad at me for something at, 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 at some point. So uh, no, I love the guy.
2: He's great. I, I love when he posts something on social media. It's like I'm, I'm cooking wings on the on the front porch. Come on by. You know, it's just like for anybody. It's know? like a shocking number of people in this town that
4: have his address. <laughs> yeah, and then, he, and then he's so like, someone so came to my like front greedy. yard and like <laughs> came and like started talking to me, and he was like put off by it. I'm like, dude, you put your address on the internet nah. often and then he's like oh yeah I forgot about that yeah I forgot I put it out there it's
0: nah. like one of
2: Tim's parties where it doesn't invite anybody right
0: I don't invite anybody ever that sounds like it a fun party. cookhouse <laughs> he says yeah I'm gonna have a cookout he tells us about it after there, the fact it was a really good time where Stacy came and attacked me at the grill you saw that right the oh grill fell God. over
3: oh my God this guy here
0: the only invite. way I
3: get invited to this dude's party
0: is if I'm serving hors d'oeuvres
4: <laughs> Oh, man. It's like like,
3: make sure you bring that little tuxedo shirt and white it's gloves. like Isaac I'm like, on the love boat. And I'm like, man. what? He's like, yeah, just you can you can enjoy yourself, but we just need you to serve hors d'oeuvres. Everything's like, wow. I don't know what 30 the 30 years is. of abuse. 30, <laughs> 30 years of abuse. Three rings, six and the dragon.
0: It means nothing to this It means nothing to this guy. Well, that's if I invite him, but... He's not invited. Oh, wow.
4: <laughs>
2: whispers, okay. you got any questions for our guest? Usually he researches. He goes deep into your background and comes oh, up okay. with something that either either can embarrass you with or embarrass himself, no, usually the, the latter. The, the, the
0: bad stuff was too bad on, to bring up on Danny in the air. And just can't <laughs> do right, it. All right, what have you got? He, he, you knows what, know. he knows what it is. Just look <laughs> at him. He knows what <laughs> it is. Just look at him. Yeah,
4: no, no, I wake up with his face every day, whispers. Thank you. Yeah,
0: no, no, there was, there was, I couldn't find any dirt on this guy. It was very disappointing.
4: <laughs> you didn't look very hard. You don't you have a
0: question? No, you guys covered them all. I was gonna bring up Reardon, but you guys got that all covered.
4: Man, he's wow. the star, huh? I, I got, it, I got
0: one more question. Hey, <laughs>
4: man, man, don't what? let, don't let Shane hear this, Tanny. That's terrible. <laughs> that's gonna go right. What to do you, you, what I do you think? Address, what
3: do you think that the Bears' record will be? That would be a success for them this year, coming into the season.
4: I mean, more wins than losses would be, would be a success, right? Nine and eight, and if they, it's a cop out, but as, they obviously need to win more than last year, right? They won yeah. three games, so that's clear. So if they won six, it would be disappointing. It's a pretty easy schedule also. But I do think that, like, if they win, I would personally sign up for seven wins with Justin Fields looking awesome, as opposed to 10 wins with Justin Fields not looking very good, an injury. You know, like, I I still think we're early enough. It's probably the last year where you could say this, where it's still, like, slightly more about Justin Fields' development. I've never. In my life seeing the bears have a good franchise quarterback it's never happened they're the only team in the nfl who doesn't have a quarterback who's thrown for 4,000 yards they're the only team in the nfl that doesn't have a quarterback who's thrown for 30 touchdowns it's a staggeringly level of like incompetence in like the history of the bears so if he looks great but they lose some high scoring games because the run defense is terrible because they didn't really invest in the defensive line this off season besides a couple of draft picks and Yannick and Gakwe after training camp started. Like, I'm totally fine with that. Like, I've seen so many years where the Bears have lost 13 to 10 because they have no offense. Yeah. I'm ready for them to start losing games 30 to 27. Yeah. But the quarterback's lighting it up, you know. So there's a range in there for success. 10 wins is amazing, but if field sucks, it's going to feel like history repeating itself.
2: And it's all about the quarterback. Obviously, before you came to Chicago, you were working in Kansas City Radio. Yeah, They kind of lucked into Patrick Mahomes, and that that turned
4: everything around. Well, you know, Kansas City thanks me because I I, I started here in January of 2017. That draft was in April. The Bears drafted Mitch Trubisky. The the Chiefs drafted Pat Mahomes. It's all about the quarterback, right? I was going to say it's all about me. (laughs) <laughs> um, but yeah i suppose i
0: suppose Spoken like a true radio host yeah, suppose, it's all about me
4: i suppose the quarterback has a little something more to do with so
0: it. danny what did you think about mahomes dad coming out and saying that they were promised the bears were picking him
4: i drank. i drank heavily that night it was that. <laughs> de- so I. I was with you it was it was devastating <laughs> but,
0: but that's just another tuesday for me
4: well, Yeah, yeah i mean me too uh yeah it was it was devastating um that whole thing man why'd we have to bring this up well because like <laughs> it was just so flawed like, a lot of people had Mitch as the top guy. A lot of guy, a lot of people had him as the top guy. But they didn't even work out Deshaun Watson. They, right. didn't even, they didn't even work him out. Only college player ever to have 4,000 passing yards and 1,000 rushing yards. And at that point, he had a perfect reputation. And Ryan Pace didn't even do a visit with him. You know, so it was just, it was, the whole thing was just so flawed. And he very clearly, like, zeroed in on Mitch and fell in love with, he drives the ninety-five Camry that was his grandma's, and they went out to the restaurant in North Carolina, and he made a reservation under the name James McMahon, party of right, eight right. for Jim McMahon, and he just oh. like very clearly fell for the like good old boy the banana in a tailpipe trick. Yeah, and it, it, so it, and, <laughs> it's wh- whereas Mahomes, you see all this stuff, and it's like oh, he's got a photographic memory and he memorized Andy Reid's offense and aced the test in the pre-draft workout. And you know, it's like, well, how the hell did you not? How were <laughs> how, how you more impressed with the Camry and the funny name on the reservation right, right. than the dude who learned Andy Reid's offense for a pre-draft interview in like a day? Because that's the story of Mahomes in Kansas City. Now, Matt Nagy apparently like you know, fed him some answers, but still, like I've, I covered those teams when Andy Reid was there. That offense is complicated. You know, 15-word play calls, like it is complicated. And so for him to ace that test in a pre-draft, there's absolutely no way that Mitch Trubisky was more impressive talking football than Pat Mahomes was talking football. And
3: he had less experience. I mean, he'd only been like a starter for like two years. Yeah, one
4: year. One. Yeah, wow. it, it, the whole thing is, is sickening. Yeah. It's, it's pro- I mean, Derek Rose's knee, oh. Steve Bartman with the ball. Oh, Steve Bartman. And And... This is misery. And, and Mitch over Mahomes are like the three biggest Chicago what ifs of, and of my 2010 sp- free agency. 2010 free agency is a big one. Yeah. yeah. But if I have to go three, I'm going those three. <laughs> yeah, I'm going It's stop yeah. being a Chicago sports fan. Yeah. Everybody knows out there. And uh,
2: I guess we'll ask one more prediction. Cubs, they make the playoffs this year? Yeah, I think so. Think of the, the starting pitching is going to hold up.
4: I, I think the offense has been unbelievable. I think that Stroman will come back and be good, even if he's not as great as he was at the beginning. And they're chasing teams that are just not as talented as them. Like baseball's the ultimate sample size over 162. You know, They have more talent than the Reds. They have more talent than the Brewers. They spend more money than those teams. So I would think they'll catch him now that they're playing well. And if they don't, they're Arizona. Miami, like teams like that in the wild card also spend more money than them, have more talent than them. So at this point, yeah, I think they'll. I think they'll make the playoffs. Well, that'd be great for the score and
2: all the Cub fans out there. We'll want to see them get back to the postseason. Want to thank you, Danny, for coming by before your radio show. Uh, give our Episode best. Episode one forty one, man. One forty one. It so always honored. stands out. Yeah. And, and tell Shane next time he's cooking wings on the balcony, Stacy and I and Tim want
4: to be invited. Yeah. Again, so. Yeah, you guys, again, you know where he lives. <laughs> Just, <laughs> Just show up. Oh, oh we're going to find him. Yeah, you'll find him. <laughs> we'll find him. Danny Parkins, Thanks, our guys.
2: special guest on Thank Give you, Me man. the Hot Sauce. Thanks for dropping by. Oh, we're gonna, we've, got we've got a little more nonsense ball. to get to after a break. We'll tell on, you uh, what we're watching on TV and Is a little bit at, more. Like when Give Me the Hot Sauce rolls on. I want to thank Danny Parkins for joining us. And I want to thank everybody here who came out to watch the show. Great hospitality from everybody at the SCORE. Hope you had a lot of fun. We've got a little more nonsense left before we say goodbye. Uh, we'll do our What Are We Watching segment. But first, I want to talk a little bit of basketball before we get out of here. Stacey, we, t- we mentioned uh, Dwayne Wade in the Hall of Fame class of 2023. you got Dwayne Wade, Dirk Nowitzki, Pau Gasol, Tony Parker, Greg Popovich. That's a pretty good group, isn't it? It is. <laughs> I mean that's that's a less basketball royalty right there, yeah. and
3: each one of those guys are deserving. Um, you know, Popovich is still playing. There should be a rule that you can't go in the hall until you're done. But you know, Popovich, you know, <laughs> he, he coached he, until he's eighty, though. Yeah, now he's that you got now deal. you got now you got the big kid Victor, so yeah. he's probably gonna coach another five years. So, um, but yeah, you know what? That's well deserving, and you know, I'm am a big fan of D Wade. You know, I've always been a big fan. I know his his tenure here wasn't very long. Um, and, you know, we didn't get what we, you know, we didn't get what we thought we were going to get out of him. You yeah. know, but uh, he's always been a great, great player in this league. He's been a great ambassador. He's always rep the city of Chicago. Um, I'm a big fan.
2: Always will be. You know, it was funny. We were talking about our experiences here at The Score. Stacy hosted the mornings once with Mike Mulligan. And I also did it w- once. And it was the day, it was back in 2010. It was the first day of free agency. It was July 1st so we were talking about the possibilities and what might happen so you know when you're not used to doing that shift it just it just drains you <laughs> so i got home and i i took a nap i'm like man i i'm just zonked so then i get back out I, I wake up and i see on espn there's a crawl that dwayne wade is going to have a second meeting with the bulls and i'm like holy shit, this is going to happen you know <laughs> and he's going to bring lebron and you know they're going to win all these championships with d rose and noah and Lou dang and the whole group and it just, it just fell apart that quickly. I mean, you, you talked about the fact that Wade was being a double agent. And I think that, you know, he's a Chicago guy, Chicago area guy. And I think a lot of people are, are kind of like down on Dwayne Wade because they felt like, you know, the what ifs and what might have been had he and LeBron come here in 2010.
3: It, it would have been special, you know, and, and it would have been interesting to see how that team would have shaped out because I don't know if you would have been able to add those type of players and still be able to keep a Joe Joakim Noah. I know the Bulls would have tried but it would have been very difficult because you saw what Miami did in order to fit those three guys into a contract situation and get them on the team they had to clear the deck. Right. The only 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 guy they kept was Michael Beasley who was their draft pick. So he was set but everybody else they Pretty much had to sign new deals, um, you know, vet minimums. They were rounded um, up, yeah, old they players were. From around I mean, the they league. won, they won, you know, won some championships there. You know, I mean, it wasn't five, it wasn't six, it wasn't seven, as they said, <laughs> but you know, they they won championships there and a the team. And I think had they won the year that uh, they didn't win, and LeBron, I think LeBron was waiting for a, a reason to leave because the Heat culture is real. I don't, I don't know if people. Really understand how serious that culture is down there. I played down there with Pat Riley's first year, and the one thing he did was change the culture. You know, I remember, I remember going there thinking, okay, I'm in Miami, the beach, South Beach. I'm gonna play a lot of golf. I'm gonna ride jet skis. I'm gonna, I'm just gonna have a, the best time, and the fun in the sun. You know, and I got down there, man. It was like a concentration camp. Like there was no jet skis. We, you know, Pat Riley does everything big. We all, we only stayed in Ritz-Carltons. That's all we ever stayed at. So we're in, we're in Boca Raton staying at this Ritz Carlton, which is unbelievable. You know, it's one of the best hotels in the country. So we get there and I'm like, oh man, look at the golf course, look at the jet skis, everything. And all the players are feeling the same way because no one's, no one's experienced Pat Riley yet. So we get in the meeting and the first day, we're sitting in a meeting and everybody's in the chairs, whatever, he pulls out the playbook. Now I've seen playbooks. Playbooks sometimes are 15 pages, 20 pages. I mean, this man pulled out the New York City phone book of his plays and we were all looking like, and he wanted us to memorize, you know, the plays. So every day he would pick a random three or four guys to say, to find out if they were really studying, were they really reading. I remember the first day of training camp, when you walk out on the floor on a normal NBA training camp, there's racks of balls, there's balls, there are guys that are shooting around, they're just doing their own little thing. You walk on a Pat Riley training camp, there's no balls. There's no balls anywhere. So you're like looking around like, Okay, where are the basketballs? And then you get, you know, a young Eric Spolstra, who was a camera guy at the time, and some of the assistant coaches said, oh, Pat Roddy, he doesn't want balls on the court right now. We're doing a conditioning test. And, you know, guys like, conditioning test? What, what, what's the conditioning test? So it's like seven, you know, seventeens going uh, sideways, you know, sideways on the court. You got to run them in a certain amount of time. Guards had a time two guards, small forwards, power forwards, and centers. And let's say your cumulative time is, you know, three minutes and 50 seconds that you have to do five 17s in that time. You're not doing them all together. It's like you go one, then someone else goes, and your only rest is the guy in front of you in the line. So if you don't do those, the time, you gotta, you gotta continue to do those things every single day, whether it's the second practice or the next day, you've gotta do those, those 17s until you get them right. And I remember, man, dudes were dying. Guys were throwing up. And no one was in shape because like when I was in Chicago, Phil always said, come to camp, you know, come to camp, because we were playing all the way until June. So he'd always say, just come into camp like 60%. We'll work our way up. And that's what we always did. And you know, you come to Pat roddy 60%. That was <laughs> you better come Navy SEAL in shape. Like that's <laughs> seriously. I mean it's so when I see the culture and I see the things that they've established down there in the way Jimmy. I knew Jimmy would do well there because there's major structure there. Jimmy's not gonna be able to run through people like he was able to do here in in Minnesota and Philadelphia. He's not gonna be able to tell, you know, Pat Riley or Spolster what he wants done. They're gonna say, hey, you're gonna do it our way and, or you're not gonna be here. You know, and you saw that big fight that uh, broke out almost in a timeout between him and Spolster. How many coaches you ever see that would stop what they're doing and challenge a player in the middle of a game?
2: Right. Yeah, you, don't you know, see you that. don't
3: see that very often. And you don't see players really challenging coaches like that. That's Jimmy. And so um, to see that, to see Pat Riley step up and, and basically, you know, call Jimmy off and say, we don't do that here. You know, that tells you that how strong the culture
2: is in Miami. All right. So Dwayne Wade was here for one season. I think he averaged about 19 points a game. We talked about that earlier with Danny, the fact they lost in the first round of the playoffs and they broke that team up. Powell Gasol played two years with the Bulls, made the all-star team both times. What were your impressions of Powell when he was here in Chicago?
3: Just class, pure, pure class. The guy comes to work every day. Um, good leader, you know, guy that took younger players under his wing and, and really tried to like to really try to instill work ethic. Cause he played with Kobe, you know? And so, you know, when you when you play with a guy like Kobe, you're gonna take some of those those things you learn and you're gonna pass them on to, to younger guys. And I thought he did a great job. Uh, I knew he was a Hall of Famer. I, he was a Hall of Famer had he stayed in uh, Vancouver, Memphis. You know, had he stayed in Memphis, he would have been a hall of famer on that team and then it just solidified it when he joined the lakers after shaq leaves no one thinks kobe's going to win a championship anymore and he's one of the big reasons why they were able to win a championship and his relationship with kobe was unique you know kobe doesn't befriend everybody but he loved Palgasol. gasol phil jackson loves Palgasol. gasol um and well-deserved honor like he, he's just a good good guy
2: yeah and to this day he's still very close to the bryant family kobe's widow vanessa and their children making sure that you know, that uh, they're not forgotten. There's no question about that. Uh, the, we mentioned kind of a dead period in basketball, but there is the World Cup coming up at the end of August and the US had their first exhibition game. They beat Puerto Rico by about 45 points. And it's an interesting group, a lot of young guys with no international experience. And I know that they're, they're competing for spots next year in the Paris Olympics where everybody wants to play because they get a chance to get their brand out and, and really do a lot of marketing things. But a lot of guys skip this year you think the U.S. will be able to win this World Cup, or are they in for trouble against some of these teams like Spain and Canada that have kind of loaded up?
3: Yeah, they, they're they're going to they they have a chance to win. They've got a lot of talent. Um, I think the the biggest issue with America's teams when they send over there is that the fact that these. You know, the foreign teams have been playing together they play together year round you know they're constantly playing playing games and stuff like that so the continuity with those teams are much better than it is with the usa now i will say this usa basketball since you know colangelo took over has done a good job of, of like creating these teams and creating these these summer opportunities for guys to come in and play whether it be select teams uh, college teams they're starting to build up their program you know, USA basketball is in good hands. There's a lot of talent here in the United States. There's a lot of guys. It used to be a point where guys didn't want to play in the Olympics. Oh, it's too much games and da da da, da. And now they realize being on the world market in a big stage like that is a chance to, to, you know, help their brand. And the thing I don't really like is, is that, you know, these kids are going to go they give up their summer to go play for their country and they, they want to go out there and they want to make a good showing. And then when it comes time for the Olympics, you know, they want to play on the Olympic team and they're going to get bumped off by superstar players, which is not fair at all, you know. So that's my only gripe with it. You know, a guy like LeBron, if he wants to play, he's going to bump off, you know, a, right, a bump right. off a player. If Kevin Durant wants to play, even though Kevin Durant played in the Olympics before, if he wants to play, and he didn't have to play in any of these playing games, he's gonna bump a deserving kid. Yeah, so uh, it, it's tough. I mean, we want to win the gold, but man, I feel bad for these guys who who dedicate themselves in the summer, who you know, who come out and, and play and and have a chance and want to have a chance to play in the Olympics, may not get that chance.
2: If you haven't seen uh, Luka Doncic yet this summer, he's in fantastic shape. Uh, yesterday they had a game; he was like 34, 13, and 14, something like that, a triple double, and. Uh, It's going to be interesting to see what he can do with Kyrie Irving in Dallas.
3: Well, you know, the the crazy thing about Luka is, like, Luka always gets in shape for his national team.
2: Right.
3: (laughs) He always looks like a different player when he's playing on his national team compared to when he plays in in the NBA. It seems like when he gets off the national team – and then he comes into the place, almost like he's got like that James Harden fat suit. You know, they always tease about James <laughs> Harden had that fat suit, and then he, all of a sudden he miraculously's in shape. When he gets traded to the team he wants to get traded to, he just peels it off and he goes out there and plays. That's what they say about the Luca food's because, too good in Dallas. Yeah, I guess, well, right? the lemon pepper wings. You know, that's a, that's a big thing for James Harden. But yeah, I I love Luca's game, man. The NBA's in good hands. There's there's a lot of young talent. You know, guys like John Morant got to get themselves together. You know, uh, Zion Williamson. These, these young kids who have all this potential that have a chance to be the face of the NBA, they're gonna have to start getting their, their off-the-court issues in order because they have a chance to 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 be the face of this, you know, this organization for many, many years to come. You mm-hmm. know, LeBron's not gonna play forever, you know? I mean, Seems I know people- Seems like he wants to. Hey, well, you know what? I mean, hey, listen, <laughs> unless he's on the TB12, you know, playing, I don't know. You know, they're, they're playing in their forties and, and all the wear and tear that he's had on his body you know, it's tough. If anybody can do it, he can do it. Cause I know he wants to play with his son, but we don't know the situation with Bronny James yet, but you know, he's getting ready. He's at the end. You know, now you're starting to, you got to see who's going to take that mantle. Who's going to be the face of the NBA right now. If you, if you ask him me is not, it's not a, a, a popular choice, but it's the Joker. The Joker to me is the face of the NBA. This is, he may not be pretty. His game may be ugly, but the proof is in the pudding, this dude is dominant. This dude mm-hmm. has now won, he's won two MVPs, should have had MVP this year, three, but he won the finals MVP. He He's taken his team to a championship now. And now the biggest thing for him now is how can he sustain that type of play now that he's, now everyone's gonna be after him. You know, everybody's gonna be gunning for Denver. How are, are they able to, you know, be able to put two in together? Because the mark of a good team, a good franchise, is how many championships you put together, how many you string together. I'm a big fan of the the, the, the two peat, three peat, four peat. When you do that, you're dominant. I don't I don't like the word we win a championship every three years. That kind of stuff, because you can't call yourself a dynasty when you can't defend your title multiple times, like the Bulls did, Boston Celtics, you know, Lakers did some. You you, you can't call yourself a dynasty if you're winning championship on odd years.
2: Yeah, I mentioned uh, earlier in the show that uh, both Stacy and Whispers are big fans of boxing. I know you caught the uh, Jake Paul Nate Diaz fight. Our good friend Kendall Gill spent about three years challenging Jake Paul. You think he's going to like step away th- back through the bushes now?
3: Yeah, I, I, if I'm Kendall, I'm still challenging him because Jake Jake Paul looked kind of you know he looked kind of weak. You know, I mean, you know Nate Diaz is not a boxer and he doesn't hit hard, but he was able to stay ten rounds with this guy. Um, I kind of, I know people don't like the, the, the YouTube stuff, the boxing with YouTube. I find it very entertaining. There's not a lot of sports, you know, being like basketball is not out there. So it's something else to watch. I'm a big, uh, MMA fan, UFC fan and boxing with the Earl Spence and the Terrence Crawford, uh, fight was huge boxing starting to get the start to make the fights that the fans want to see because like, you know, and I love Floyd Mayweather, you know, the 15-0 and then, you know, he's the, the greatest ever. He likes to call himself, but you know, even Floyd didn't fight guys in their prime. You know, now you see these fighters understanding like, hey, look, I got to fight the best. I got to go back to that that era of Sugar Ray Leonard, Marvin Marvelous Marvin Hegler, Tommy Hearns, Roberto Duran. I got to go back to that generation where the best fought the best. Because when you do that... You know, your, your legacy is is secure in the boxing world. But when you, when you are one of these people that you fought someone that was 10 years past their prime, you can't really call yourself the greatest because you didn't fight right. him at his
0: physical peak, and he's not fighting you at your physical peak.
2: Whispers, are you get in the uh, ring with Jake Paul?
0: No, because I watched a documentary of him. I didn't know a lot about him. They just put that out and, uh, and watching his whole process and his dedication to it. And actually, how smart he was as a business guy in this process—it's uh, remarkable.
2: He's made a ton of money. Well, first no of all, question first of
0: all,
3: it. I just want to just piggyback on his his comment. He didn't want to get in the ring with him. If you're scared, go buy a damn dog. Oh, <laughs> okay. There we go. If you're scared, go buy a. I get in the ring with him. I'll get in the ring with him in a second. I think well, I got like my chances. Except before he's, or
2: after your hip surgery? That's after the hip surgery. I got, <laughs> I got to have.
3: I got to be able to swivel into my punches. I got to be able to turn those hips into the punches. Yeah. I'll let Kendall fight him, though. I think Kendall could beat him. Kendall's in great shape. I think think Kendall could beat him. Yeah, I think He would would love to do it. Shout out to my boy,
2: Kendall Gill. Yeah, yeah. Hey, now it's time for one of our favorite segments. We do this just about every week. It's What Are We Watching? It's brought to you by our friends at Bigger's Mazda. You can see the banner right in front of us. Their sizzling new Elgin location at Randall Road is the biggest Mazda store in the state of Illinois. Bigger's is offering a bottle of Stacey's Signature Hot Sauce with first test drives of new or pre-owned vehicles. It's your choice, everything from the coolest SUVs to the stunning Miata. So join the fun at 2100 Randall Road in Elgin at Biggers Mazda. Tell them Whisper sent you, and they'll look at you really funny. <laughs> Jim Lecter, one of your good friends, right, Whispers.
0: That's right, and you'll get some uh, hot sauce out there, too, just yeah. for taking a hot ride.
2: Hot sauce is everywhere. It's taken over the Chicagoland area. Taking over the world,
0: actually. Yeah, just look for that guy right down there at the corner of the table. It's Jim Lecter.
3: All right. Oh, I thought you were talking about I thought you talking, talking about the little I didn't know Snoop was at uh, the, the elephant location. Right I didn't know you were talking about.
2: All right, Stacey, what do you got for the recommendation for the folks? Oh,
3: I, listen, America. I just got tuned on to Banshee. Uh, I, I didn't know anything about Banshee, but I'm a big fan. If you watch The Boys, uh, the superhero uh, show that uh, that's on, it's, uh, it's a really good show. If you've never seen that, that's The Boys. But the lead actor in The Boys, um, uh, Homelander,
2: is a the small town
3: sheriff? Yeah, is the small town sheriff in Banshee? Yeah. And he's really not a sheriff. It's it, it, he's a convict, right? And so he ends up taking over the sheriff's uh, role because the actual sheriff something happened to him. So he ends up taking his identity. But it's a great show because he starts to act like a sheriff. Like he's he's, I and mean, the he's violence like, is real. No, the violence is real. The, the, <laughs> America is like John Wick, okay? But Banshee is really good. It's got got a lot of good actors in it, um, good storylines, good plots, and you're constantly guessing, trying to figure out, you know, what's going on, uh, why he's the way he is. I mean, it, it's a great show. I'd recommend it.
2: Whispers, what do you got?
0: Well, I watched that Jake Paul documentary, and and uh, that, that was great. I've been watching Florida Man too, but one thing I want to add about the Jake Paul thing is that. They interview uh, Tyson in there quite a bit. and As he said, you got to remember, Frith, it's entertainment. Oh, oh God, entertainment. stop <laughs> it.
3: Stop it. I knew this was coming. America, see, here we go. He does America. one good impersonation, here, here go. and he tries, he, tries to do others, and you know, it just here, here fails miserably. Here we miserable. go, here we go. Yeah, what do you mean? Tweety Bird. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> <and>, uh, <laughs> Tweety <think>, Bird. No, <laughs> Sylvester. Sylvester. Sylvester the, the cat. cat. That's right. <laughs> the
0: audience agrees. He does I thought I like saw a pretty cat.
3: Let's just stop stop we need to put that back we will give you i will give you christopher walken that is your ace and that's your (laughs) ace right there stay on that perfect that when you start going this mike tyson i mean seriously (laughs) like coming back it's cringy it's 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 definitely cringy cringy cringy. i really just want to just like karate chop you right here just stop just just that might help
2: hey did you guys see the uh first episode of hard knocks they're doing the new york jets this year It is the Aaron Rodgers love fest. I almost threw up watching that thing. I mean, he was acting like he's the ultimate teammate. You know, he's helping Zach Wilson with his reads, and he's going over to the young receivers and encouraging them, and he's putting the equipment manager out there saying, this is my guy and being the perfect teammate. All the things he didn't do in Green Bay at the end, including not going to the offseason program.
0: What's that? Isn't he in the credits as a producer?
2: You should be. I mean, they made it sound like he was a combination of uh, Tom Brady, Joe Montana, Joe Namath, every other great quarterback that ever played. It was just, it was, it was sickening how how much they featured Aaron Rodgers in that thing. And and it's, it was almost like, like you said, like he produced the thing.
0: Well, they even got Leif Schreiber in there. I heard.
2: Yeah, he came over and he was just bowing down to a-, a. Rod too. It was, it was something. Listen,
3: listen, man. Listen, it <laughs> should have gone right down. sounds sound a lot. Of, this sound, this, I don't like Aaron Rodgers, but this sounds like a lot of haters up here. Okay. All right. Aaron Rodgers is going to have a good year. I'm just going to throw that out there. I'm glad he's out of our division. We don't have to worry about him anymore. We're going to worry about uh, love. I think I'll take my chances with Green Bay now with love as the quarterback. <laughs> so he's at, I'm just so happy he's out of New York. I could care less where he's at because he just kind of owned the Bears. And that just, and he lets you know he owned the Bears. Like I got yeah, tired. Made I, I just clear. wanted to go There's out no there and tackle him it. sometimes when he was doing the discount, double check, and I'm like, man, somebody hit this dude. Like, so I'm so glad he's out of the division. So the Bears chances are are up, but I still think, you know, the Lions are, are the team to beat. Uh, Minnesota, after watching that QB, what is that show on uh, Netflix, quarterback? quarterback?
2: Yeah, quarterback. Yeah.
3: After watching Kirk Cousins, I have a little bit more respect for Kirk Cousins as a quarterback. Like that guy. You like that? I, I like I liked what I saw with him. You know, because he's like he's not flashy. He's not you know the things he does is not going to wow you. But he's just consistent. He's a, he's a winner. He's consistent. Um, the plaid shirts. Uh, the, the dad bod, the dad shirts and stuff. His <laughs> wife. Okay, that's something we have talked about there. You can't if you're Kirk Cousins, man. Don't let your wife pick out your clothes because. <laughs> It's not. It's not pretty. Uh,
2: no, All right, no. Stacey. So, so since we got an audience here, rattle off some of the other shows you like this summer. I know uh, you like From a lot, right?
3: Yeah, From. From is good. Um, I went back. You know what? I'm I'm an old school guy, so I went back and started watching like old shows that I like, The Sopranos. Because sometimes you forget how The Sopranos was. So there's certain things you forget, so you go back and watch Sopranos. I went back and I and I watched uh, Boardwalk Empire, uh, Succession. I got into Succession, watched that. I was just so disappointed in the ending. I was just like, man, come on. Like, you can't do this to me. Uh, But it was good. And uh, you know, uh, uh, what else have I been watching? Um, I watch a lot of Netflix. I watch a lot of Netflix. There's some shows I can't really divulge. But I watch, uh, you know, here, this is a kid's channel. Uh, but uh you know
2: and uh power of force is coming back power force yes we got some we got
3: some interesting guests coming on man we got we got uh tommy from power gonna be coming on the show he's from chicago i don't think people know that we had jeremy jeremy piven who was uh who's from chicago as well he's going to come on the show he's uh ari off of entourage um you know we got michael rapaport coming on the show yeah, you know what? We got some really good guests coming on, and uh, the season, like I said, it's going to be coming up pretty close, and we're going to have a lot of basketball, more basketball talk. Right now it's Bears and Cubs right now. They're the hottest thing. Mm-hmm. So that's where we really have uh, really turned our attention to a little bit because, you know, it's a good story. I want to see the Bears do good. If the Bears play well, then it starts everybody else's season It Puts a little pressure on everybody else to do well. So if the Bears are winning, that means pressure goes on the Bulls. If Cubs are right. winning, pressure on everybody else. That's so right. that's what I like to see
2: hey we want to thank everybody at the score for making us feel so welcome today i we want to thank mitch rosen ryan porth everybody involved with uh having us here today we had a great time bringing the show on the road here to the studios and whispers uh you got any party comments
0: thanks to uh rich and our crew as
2: well yeah rich wyatt doing a great job making sure we sound and look okay and thanks to yeah, maddie rich! and nicky knuckles and the sriracha My, uh, crew, sriracha crew yeah. the,
3: who came in here, Cisco's and, out yeah, here well. we got cisco we are we did a good job we, we brought the show on the road and um you know what it was was a lot of fun to get a chance to to do something different you know we're normally shooting the sriracha studios but being able to get on the road and interact with people is awesome um you know i I had a a blast it's a lot of fun
2: And we want to wish stacy all the best he's got hip replacement surgery coming up next week so good luck with that law here we (laughs) We (laughs) probably violation
3: violation lawsuit let me call my lawyer real quick we probably won't see him in
2: studio for quite a while but while he's on the man uh, sending good thoughts your way i'll be
3: back i'll be back to moonwalking pretty soon so you know
2: and nikki i know you're gonna tell me that we'll put the uh the clothes in post-production right all right, so thanks everybody for coming out. We appreciate it very much. I'm home safe. Brand new episode every week of Gimme the Hot Sauce. beep. beep.